0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Restoration, encouragement, one-mindedness, and peace. A few things that the world surely seems to be lacking a lot of at the very moment, if not throughout most of the year 2020 at least. It's seems that no matter what side you're on in 2020, you're somehow always in the wrong. Whether you're a mask wearer or not, whether you're for the riots and the protesting or not, it really doesn't matter. Somewhere along the line, someone is going to point a finger at you and say that you're wrong and that you're part of the problem. I don't really care what side you're on. That really has nothing to do with any of what we're going to talk about this morning. But at some point... As I'm sure all of you know, especially with the heightened social media that we have, it's hard to get away from any of the the division that this world seems to have, especially apparently now with all the things going on. And I don't know about you, but I know that it kind of hurts to see the country the way it is. I know that it hurts to see cities destroyed and it hurts to see videos on Facebook of people condemning both sides for their actions and their thoughts and even their desires and their reasoning behind everything that they do. It hurts to see family and friends destroyed and divided and separated. But I also know there doesn't seem to be any real good clear solution at this moment. I'm not into all that stuff too much and I couldn't even begin to tell you how to fix that from a worldly point of view. Now if you think that seeing all of that hurts you, imagine how much more this crumbling world around us hurts our God. The God who is a God of peace, grace, love, and fellowship as we hear from Paul in Second Corinthians this morning. Think how much it hurts him to see the world that he created hurt by sin, which causes nothing but division as it makes everyone look out for their own sinful desires and self-indulgences. And just think about what he sees and looks at every single day as he sees what he has created falling apart. As he sees every Facebook post or finger-pointed or news media cast out there, Jesus or God looks at the world he created and no longer can he look at it and say it's very good as he did when he was finished creating everything after those six days. It's scary. Because everything out there is done in the name of justice or peace or or doing what is right. And it's kind of scary how Satan can take something that's done in the name of something good and turn it into some sort of evil action. How Satan can take even what's good and use it to destroy our world and to divide us, to cause us to hate, and to cause us to despise others around us. Now if you think that hurts, Our God, if you think God looking down on this creation of his and seeing it divided and falling apart and hating each other, if you think that hurts, how do you think he feels when it comes to division in his church? Imagine how it must hurt him when his own body here on earth is divided and split and arguing and pointing fingers at each other as hate even arises in the church as Satan makes his way in. Yes, there's division in the church, whether you want to admit it or not, but every church at some point becomes divided over something. They maybe don't hear about it a lot in the wells, and maybe it's easy to kind of push things under the rug because one of the hardest things is it's not necessarily doctrinal statements that we're all divided over, but a lot of times, it's the little things in the church that become a problem. Carpet color, paint color, it's customs. It's why we shouldn't change that, but we should change that. It's arguing over money. It's arguing over how best to do evangelism of all things. All these things that divide us and cause us to argue. Even politics make their way into the church. And people can argue politics almost more than they argue trying to get family members to come to church on Sunday. How much it must hurt our God to see his body in this world falling apart as Satan squeaks his way in and gets us to act on hate in our hearts just because we think that we're right, just because we think that this reason or this way or that person doesn't deserve the love that they think they do. That's what happens when we lose sight of the gospel. That's what happens when things become more important than the gospel and we focus on really what doesn't matter. You know, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians is basically a follow-up to First Corinthians. And if you remember from last week, and if you looked into First Corinthians, the Corinthian church is divided over a whole lot of things. There was a whole lot of arguing and finger-pointing going on. There was a whole lot of debate about how to handle different situations. And Paul wrote 1 Corinthians to try to help relieve those situations and to tell them what to do and answer their questions. And he gets a report back from Titus, who basically is like the pastor there for a little while. Titus had taken the letter to them. He had stayed there a little while, and then he would come back to Paul. And while he got a report from Titus that things were slowly getting better, there were still some things that needed to be worked out. And there was still some improvement to go, especially as you look at the end of Second Corinthians, especially where you see him wrap up his letter in our text. When he tells them, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, or farewell, goodbye. That's, that's what he's saying. He's saying, brothers and sisters, farewell. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in Peace. Restoration, encouragement, one-mindedness, and peace. Something the world seems to need a lot of right now. And right there it is. There's Paul telling God's people that that's who they should be. Everything in the world seems to fall short of all of that right now. And yet Paul's final instructions to God's people is be this. Be the body that you are. You know, he kind of touched upon that in the first letter when he talked about them all being members of Christ's body and how if one part hurts, they all hurt. You know, if the body is attacking itself, it doesn't last very long. It becomes sick and pretty soon is going to shut down. A body attacking itself cannot function like it's supposed to. And so Paul encourages this body in Corinth to be restored. Or better yet, to keep their eye on that God of peace and love and to let him restore their hearts so that they can return to living as those who are encouraging each other, living in peace and being of one mind around the gospel. Not being divided for selfish gain, but again, loving each other and showing the results of that love that we get from Christ Living in peace, focusing on the gospel just as God had always intended. God that Paul addresses, the God of love and peace. See, when we worry about the gospel, when the gospel is our priority and the God of love and peace prevails in everything we do, then we don't become divided because the God of love and peace is clearly here and the Holy Spirit is clearly ruling our hearts and minds living through his people living through our actions and everything that we do as he commands us now when the church becomes about anything else and we lose the true god well then the only source of real love grace fellowship peace and encouragement is gone and so paul ends with that famous benediction may the grace of the lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you all. The only place to get real grace, love, fellowship, peace, is from that true God. You know, it's only in the true God and the words about Him in the Scriptures that we see the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We see the love of a just God prevail as He sends His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world for us. And where we see the Holy Spirit working in our hearts to be able to enlighten us, to to bring us to that knowledge and to get us to love that knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Love and fellowship do not come from social justice. They don't just come from social peace. They're not coming from getting our way in petty arguments that a lot of churches get into that even we can be guilty of sometimes. All these things going on in the world and seeing God's own people divided, just goes to show how prevalent Satan is, and just goes to show how evil sin really is and how it's impacted our lives, and how Satan works really hard to masquerade as, a, as an angel of light, as Scripture calls him, turning those even good causes into. And where you really see true peace and love is in the church. You know why? You know why people know what true love is? Because they see it in the Trinity. They see it as God sends his own son. They see it as God sends the Holy Spirit to bring us that knowledge. But you also see it before creation began. You know, it was only by grace that God had created Adam and Eve and given them a garden to live into, knowing they were going to sin and yet knowing he'd given the promise of the Savior. But before that, we see the Trinity. Triune God. Always being there from eternity. And we see true love between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Our God is a God of love and peace. He always has been. This is what God desires and this is what God had created when he created Adam and Eve in the garden. He looked at the creation and said it was very good. This was perfect. This was just what it was supposed to be. This is why it's in the name of the Trinity that we begin our services as it reminds us of our baptism and the word spoken there, as it connects us to all the blessings that the triune God gives us through the power of the gospel. The God who hates all the injustices in the world and yet looks at everything in the world out of grace and says, I want that one, and I want that one, and I want that one. And so Jesus Christ died for them in the Holy Spirit. I'll send them him so that he can bring them to faith if they're part of the elect, which is a different sermon altogether. People think that they can satisfy themselves if they get what they want here and if they get what they want now, but nothing will bring satisfaction until they look for the triune God above all things. The grace that comes through Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit supersedes all things. And it it has no reservations about anyone. No matter what sign anyone is holding, no matter what, position anyone takes, that same triune God looks at everyone and says, I want that one. I want the one wearing the mask. I want the one not wearing the mask. I I want the one in the government. I want the one who's protesting the government. I want the one who threw a brick into that window and I want the one whose window was broken. He is a God of grace, love, and fellowship. And he would Have all mankind come to that knowledge and be restored, as Paul says once again, to one-mindedness and to peace and encouragement. Because they're not going to find a utopia in this world. Even after coming to the Savior, they're never going to come to a utopia in this world. But they'll understand what kind of life is waiting for them after this one and put their faith in everything that the triune God has for them instead of trying to find satisfaction here and now. Grace, love, and fellowship. You know, the world could use it, and we have it. We got it right here in the pages of Scripture. It's black and white. Paul says it's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the same God that Christ says he is a part of, the one true God. Grace, love, and fellowship are ours. You're always going to find yourself in a tense situation at some point in time, even here in the church. But when you do, you have to remember, who are we? This is not our church. This is the church of God. This is His body. This is not for our benefit, but we work so that the body as a whole can contribute for the head, for Christ, for sharing of the gospel. So don't try to find satisfaction in petty arguments and, and try to, to dominate here now. But listen to Paul. And hear that admonishment from him when he says to restore yourselves. Remember the God of love, grace, and fellowship and that it's his Holy Spirit you express here in this world. And so I I really can't think of any better words to close with than Paul's when he says, brothers and sisters, strive for restoration so that you might encourage one another, be of one mind, and live in peace. The God of love and peace be with you all. Amen. Now may the grace for Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.